dealing with sensitivities with parents for adult children is one of the most common of relationship challenges. How hard it can be for young adults and their parents to navigate the, the transition out of home into adulthood, into establishing a new family of creation. And today's challenging relationship from the for the podcast is exactly that, a deep sensitivity that creates upset so easily between an adult daughter and her mother. And of course, it is linked to the triangles of her father as well and her husband. So this person has written to me, they come from an immigrant family from Southeast Asia. They are an only child. Their parents migrated to Australia 30 years ago. And this person has been married for seven years. And what she's presented to me is how her mother would very often get upset with her or her husband about something that she said or did or didn't do. However, she would rarely raise it in the moment. It would be an upset that would result in distance, cutting off contact or sending very short text messages and very little is said, but an explosion would occur down the track of her upset that had been bottled up and would come out with a lot of emotion weeks, months or even years after the event when the person and her husband had completely forgotten the small issue that had happened. And this woman also writes that my mother's memory often gets twisted or it just reshapes and retells the narrative of what happened and shapes it to being our fault all the time. So what does a person do with this kind of challenge? It's especially difficult when they have been an only child and there is a significant reciprocity developed in childhood of a close involvement with mother and father. So how as an adult, even seven years after marriage, does this kind of relationship get worked through? What happens when we leave home is we take with us what Dr. Murray Bowen called our unresolved emotional attachment to our parents. Essentially, what this means is the degree to which we were able to be our autonomous selves with our parents and them to us is the degree to which we resolved our emotional attachment. And how how many of us have gotten very far with that at the point of leaving home? How many of us could have honest, open, person-to-person communication with our parents where we could say what we were thinking and feeling and hear what they were thinking and feeling about all sorts of issues, including our relationship. We could be a separate person to our parents and they could be separate with us. And that's very difficult to achieve. It is the work of growing maturity. And so what people do instead of becoming 
a person to their parents and allowing their parents to develop a person direct and open relationship with us, what we do is kind of a pseudo separation. We don't say what we really think. We do dutiful visits. We avoid difficult topics. But of course, avoiding doesn't make sensitivities go away and sensitivities are enhanced in dealing with the addition of husbands and certainly when grandchildren come along. So it is an ongoing effort all throughout life to become more of a separate person in contact with our parents. It's a slow and steady effort to not be reactive, to be honest, to be calm, to be able to speak from ourselves, not at the other person. And this will be an ongoing challenge for the person who's written in their issue for today. Here's an example that they have written about of a difficult interaction. She writes, My mother was very upset at me for texting every time I was hoping to visit her with my newborn. I'd go out for a walk because she lives nearby and I'd text her because I didn't want to drop in if she wasn't available. It takes a real effort to bring a newborn out and to visit. But my mother was very angry at me for asking each time. She expected me to just drop in at any time without having to ask. And she didn't tell me this for nearly three weeks, saying she was not free when she really was. And she um, was just very upset about her daughter being formal about texting to visit rather than just dropping in. So that's one example. And how would I respond to that kind of thing? What does a person do? Do they just accommodate to what their mother is asking for? Or as they've expressed in their letter to me, do they say to their mother how committed they are to staying in good contact with their mother, allowing their mother to establish a good relationship as a grandmother through them working on their daughter and mother relationship and to recognize that one conversation is not going to be enough to make this change. It needs to be regular, gentle feedback conversations between adult daughter and mother about here's what works for me best, mum, this is why, this is what's helpful to me. And how can that best work for you and listening to the other person so that it is an exchange of two selves back and forth together, being honest, acknowledging the upset, but not going into defending oneself against the upset. So it sounds like, mum, I hear that you'd prefer it to be a different way. I understand that you're upset about that. I'm so glad that you've finally been able to let me know that. I really want a relationship where you can be open with me and I can be open with you. And I will certainly take on board what you've told me, but where I am right at the moment with what I'm juggling with life, this 
way of operating is the best way that I can maintain the regular contact with you as a mum that I am committed to and I really want to have. There are no simple formulas for dealing with these kind of matters and it's very tempting for people to just give up, do dutiful occasional visits and let all of the upsets just go into the emotional freezer where they never thaw out and of course they will erupt at other times in relationship between the, the mother and the daughter and play out in other relationships for both of them in life. And the issue of triangling, it is in every challenging relationship. No tricky relationship between two people exists in a vacuum. There are always third parties who are watching the two people, reacting to the two people. And can you guess which are the key triangles in this person's challenging relationship? I wonder if you've got the the two key third parties. Um, probably you've guessed it. The first one is the triangle of this daughter with her mother and her father. And the second one is the triangle between the daughter, her mother and her husband. And of course, there are other interlocking triangles here as much as possible. It is an, a useful growing up effort to keep the issues in the relationship from which they're always trying to escape. Venting to third parties is the escape route. So let me give you a little bit more of this person's letter that reveals the triangles in their difficult relationship. She writes, when I lived at home, there was a lot of unhelpful triangling. My parents would often fight and then complain about each other to me. Such a common triangle, especially if you're an only child or an eldest child or the child that one parent particularly lent upon. And so they go on to write, they would often, in my growing up years, invite me to resolve the issue with the other parent. And she writes, now that I'm no longer at home, my dad would often text me when mum is angry and moody to tell me something is wrong and invite me to reach out to her and try and find out what's going on, how she's going. So here is her dad, very sensitive to his wife um, and her distress and anxiety and very commonly that kind of anxiety has a parent reaching out to the child, trying to get them to smooth things over with their mother. And that's a, a common one. And here in this particular example, the daughter asks him not to do this. She tells him to encourage mum to talk to him directly or her directly. But he responds by saying, that his daughter, you have changed too much since you got married. There's the hint of the other triangle with the husband involved. And her father would be upset with her, send her a long text message with a lecturing tone for not being understanding or being accommodating enough. Can you identify with that kind of pressure? 
And of course, the intensity of it varies between family and family, but it is such a common pattern. So what does this person do with the triangling? I think that they're doing a really good job in recognizing it, in calmly and politely inviting their parent to come directly to them rather than going behind the other person's back conveying how much they want to hear directly from their upset mother and how committed they are to working on their relationship, acknowledging that it can take some time to adjust to the the differences of being adult children with a husband and with children of their own. One other thing in dealing with the triangles that can be really useful is just to make the triangle transparent, not in a vindictive or accusatory way. But in this case, it may well be that the daughter says to her mum, you know, mum, I'm hearing from dad quite a bit about just how much he cares for your upset. He lets me know when you're upset. He hopes that I can help him to cheer you up. So it just reminds me how deep down he is very caring and appreciates how hard life can be sometimes. That's a way of neutralizing the triangle situation, getting it out in the open that the father is communicating um, indirectly with the daughter. And for the daughter just to say whenever the triangle occurs, Well, um, thank you for showing how much you care about so-and-so, and I'll certainly be letting them know that you've conveyed this to me. Very often, just getting the triangle pathways out in the open can tone down um, the, the degree to which that kind of triangling pathway is used. So I hope you're getting a flavor in these podcasts on challenging relationships that there is no simple quick fix formula. It's a lifelong effort to work at being more of a non-reactive self in the relationships that have the most sensitivity to change and transition these family relationships across the generations. It is worth, I believe, for the majority of people, the vast majority, it is worth continuing to have regular contact, non-intense if possible, not bringing anxiety and reactivity, working on connecting over non-sensitive things, finding points of connection in doing things pleasurable things in common, having regular contact that just helps to calm down the anxiety that gets activated in the more difficult issues, to commit to non-intense contact, short contact rather than infrequent longer visits can be helpful in these instances. But the overall goal is not to change the other, not to take on judicial proceedings in telling the other 
um, that their complaints don't have any um, validity and trying to prove them wrong, that is only adding to the intensity and the effort of being a family leader, someone who works to bring more maturity over time to the whole system, works to get beyond blame, to bring the best of themselves to these challenging relationships and to be patient in the process. And of course, always to realize that working on these difficult relationships by bringing a calm presence, not triangling, not blaming, not trying to change, that this has huge benefits for doing relationships in all other places, in marriage, in parenting, in friendships, in community, and indeed at work. So I encourage listeners to see the big picture in their challenging relationships and continuing to work at being an observer, a thoughtful learner in the relationships and tolerating the slow and steady pace of being more grown up in our relationships. <music>